This episode of Postpartum Stories with Steph was recorded on the stolen land of the Wadurong people. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey dudes, I'm back. I have decided off the cuff to start recording little postpartum snippets of my own experience. Uh, So I plan to be here once a week, um, breaking things down week by week. I thought, look, even if no one wants to listen to this or no one's interested, it'd be nice to have my experience recorded as something I can listen back to or something I can show my little boys. So enjoy the first episode of Postpartum Diaries. I'm holding the baby while I record this, so I'm hoping that he stays asleep. Um, But you might hear some cute little baby squeaks (laughs) during this episode. This is going to be week three and week four combined because I didn't have time to do an episode last week and I'm not putting putting pressure on myself to pump these out weekly, but I've got a bit of time now, so I'm going to combine. And there's been lots going on, Um, more than I've shared on Instagram, and so I'm just going to share it all here for people who are interested. Uh, So going back to week three, uh, I can't can't remember what I had in week two where I was at with my cesarean, but basically um, my C-section wound started to open at at the end of it, like not the whole like incision, but just part of it. And that felt really scary to me because... I don't know it's just like I have this like visual in my head of it opening completely and basically all of my organs falling out of my body which isn't going to happen because there's lots of different layers that would need to open for that to happen but it just felt quite scary um and it was you know my pain was still really high um so I started antibiotics to clear that up And I went to see my GP last week and it's closed, which is amazing. Um, But the other thing that's now happened, I noticed that the incision in a different part, like the middle of it, was looking really red and angry. And so I got my GP to have a look at that. And basically I've got a fungal infection on the skin around the incision. Um, So it's not the C-section itself that's infected now. Um, It's just the skin around it, which is good because I want the C-section to keep healing. Um, Yeah, so the fungal infection, as you can imagine, that area, you know, when you've just had a baby, you know, my tummy is kind of folding over the um, where the incision is. And so it's really hard to keep, to to air it out. so bacteria grows because it's warm there. Um, and yeah, so basically got like a dermatitis kind of thing happening. So putting some cream on that two times a day, it is clearing up, thank goodness. So I'm going to keep doing that for another week and hopefully, (laughs) fingers crossed, that'll be it. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, I guess, Last week especially, I was feeling super down because I just wanted to be like, 
you know, a hundred percent like healed, feeling good, not in pain. And like, I wanted to, you know, just be not in postpartum. <laughs> I wanted to go for long walks and I wanted to go places with my my older son. I want to drive. And I was getting really frustrated that I can't do any of those things. And that, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh God, this is taking forever to, to heal. In reality, I'm three weeks post major abdominal surgery. And this is, you know, this is going to take time to recover from. And that's totally normal. And I think I was kind of viewing postpartum as not a holiday, but, you know, my husband's home from work for six weeks. And I kept thinking like, well, we, we should do like a fun family outing. We should go to the zoo. We should go here. Like, while well, we've got the opportunity. We should go there. And, you know, the reality of that is it's not a good move for me to be leaving the house um, on my feet all day. Like, it's just, it's not safe. Um, and so coming to terms with that reality kind of sucked but then um you know I've I think I've managed to kind of put everything into perspective so I'm feeling better this week about you know not being as mobile and in inverted commas normal as I would have hoped um and the reality is you know we went to a furniture shop the other day just for I don't know 15 minutes and walking around there was enough for me to start feeling sore and um you know my lower back was hurting my incision was hurting and you just got to listen to your body like it's okay if you can't be on your feet for longer than 10 minutes right now um you really need to be lying down <laughs> so that's sort of what I've tried to do which is having varying levels of success you know it's difficult to lie down all the time when you've got two kids um but trying to do it as much as possible um yeah so that's sort of where I'm at with the cesarean um I feel like the pain is decreasing but I definitely notice like on that day where I was on my feet for 15 minutes um you know, that afternoon and that night, the pain was like quite up there. Um, but today, you know, I've been taking it easy and it's feeling okay. And I think it's also important to um, not fall into that false sense of security because I'm still only just almost four weeks postpartum. Um, so even though I'm feeling I'm not feeling pain it's still important to take it easy and not overdo things because this incision can still open up if it wants to if I'm not looking after myself uh so yeah even though I guess this is a message to anyone else going through cesarean recovery even if you're feeling great um still take it easy don't overdo it um because you're still healing Okay, so what's next? Okay, so this little baby that's starting to squirm in my arms <laughs> um, has been keeping us, I don't know, on our toes. He's so different to my first. Um, I noticed a couple of weeks ago that he's really, really unhappy um, basically anytime he's awake. So he's grunting and trying desperately to fart 
He goes red in the face and clenches his fists and you can hear him trying to squeeze and his tummy is just rock hard. So, you know, initially I just thought it was like a normal kind of newborn thing. But now that we're, you know, a few weeks into it, I'm like, something's not right here. So um, we tried to get, uh, we bought some Infocol um, for colic which I don't really think has done much, to be honest. It's taken the edge off a little bit, but he's still really miserable, especially in the evenings and then through the night. Um, Seems to be when his tummy is like really causing him some grief. Uh, So I followed up with Wilby's because that was um, something that a few people on Instagram recommended, um, which is a, a liquid that you give to your baby if you're having issues with colic. So, I mean, colic's a broad term and people interpret it in different ways. And to be honest, like I didn't fully understand what it meant because I haven't had this experience before. Um, But from what the person at Wilby's explained to me was that it's um, basically the newborn's immature gut or digestive system has trouble breaking down the protein in breast milk, which causes air to trap and it's really deep in their system so it's you know it's not like just trying to burp them a bit harder or do some little bicycle legs to get the gas out um yeah it's it's pretty well trapped in there um so the Wilby's um liquid syrup whatever it's called is supposed to be really good for helping that so it's arrived today um I gave him some a little bit earlier but then he threw it up So um, I'm going to try again in a little bit and hopefully, fingers crossed, it relieves some of his pain because he's miserable and we aren't sleeping, um, which is really hard. And when I say we, I mean like husband and I because we're sort of tag teaming essentially um, because he won't, uh, Teddy won't sleep in his bassinet, which I fully expected from a newborn but he also like I can't co-sleep with him because he's still miserable no matter kind of what position he's in unless you're sort of sitting up with him on your chest and you know it's not really safe to fall asleep in that position so yeah we're just kind of winging it each night I'll take him for a few hours then swap with hubby um so that we can try and get little pockets of sleep here and there but um yeah it's been it's been rough and it's horrible to see your baby, you know, in so much discomfort and not really being able to do anything. So hoping that the Wilbies works. Um, it's not something that you can just buy in the pharmacy. You have to go through their website and have a consultation um, and then they'll post it to you. The woman I spoke with was so helpful and really understanding. And so I feel like well supported in that um, regard. We've also started um, some baby osteo uh, just to help Teddy again with the colic. And also he's still having trouble latching to my right breast. Um, He, you know, he can take up to 10, 15 minutes to attach properly. And I'm just finding it really frustrating. And, uh, you know, he's getting frustrated too. So um, the osteo that we saw was really lovely Um, and she said that, you know, she could feel a lot of um, stiffness and tension in his body and, you know, whether that's to do with how he was positioned um, 
in the womb. He was head down for quite a while. You know, I don't know. Um, but whatever, whatever the cause, that's, um, that's how it is. So she did some really gentle, um, therapy on him and it wasn't what I was expecting at all. You know, I've had osteo, I've had chiro, I've had physio, nothing like what it would be for an adult. Um, it's so gentle on a baby, you know, there was no cracking or anything like that. It was almost just like a really gentle kind of massage for him. And so we've got a few little, um, few little stretches and, um, positions to hold him in, um, and things to sort of do with his pelvis and hips to kind of get things moving. So, a few little um, things we need to do each day. And so I'm hoping that with all of this, something, you know, if you throw enough mud, something will stick. So hoping that one of these things will help him, um, yeah, with his tummy. I'm more concerned with the colic stuff because that's causing the lack of sleep for everyone. Um, You know, the breastfeeding stuff I can deal with, but yeah, hoping that his little tummy starts to feel a bit better and hoping that it's not something more serious. I don't think it is, you know, I know there's, um, cow's milk protein intolerance, but he's not really, he doesn't have the really intense symptoms of that. Like, you know, he's not vomiting heaps. He doesn't have a rash. He doesn't have blood in his stools. Um, so I'm not, I'm not letting myself go to that sort of headspace yet. I'm just going to you know, focus on the colic stuff and see how we go. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, we look at the next options for what might be going on with him. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to just think of what else I needed to update on. So it's been nearly a month. Yeah. So tomorrow he's four weeks. Um, we've really been enjoying our meal train. We have not cooked once since I've been home from hospital, uh, which has been amazing. Definitely recommend setting up a meal train if you're in postpartum or about to be. It's worth its weight in gold. Um, just trying to think what else. Oh, I know. (laughs) So... I never got contacted, <clears throat> excuse me, I never got contacted by um, a maternal and child health nurse. And so I rang the council last week to let them know that I had a three-week-old and I hadn't heard from them. And they were really, really puzzled as to why, you know, they didn't have any of my details in their system. Um, the man I spoke to very kindly asked me, are you sure that's the date that you had your baby? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know when I had my baby. You know, all of this sort of investigating. Anyways, turns out the hospital didn't send the council um, Teddy's birth notification, so they had no record of us. But it's all um, sorted now. We had a nurse come to the house the following day. She was really lovely, and honestly, I was so nervous for her to come. Like, I'm surprised I even rang the council to follow it up because my last experience with um, the maternal and child health nurse was not positive. So I was kind of a bit on edge when this person came in. She was so lovely and, um, yeah, really supportive. And we weighed Teddy and he's uh, he's put on heaps of weight. He's passed his birth weight, so he's, you know, doing well. Um... Yeah, and she was just really lovely. So it was a really good experience and I'm 
glad that, um, you know, it wasn't a repeat of last time and we're going to have another appointment tomorrow in the, um, at the, the center that we have to go to. So yeah, that was all good, but it was just funny that we got forgotten about. (laughs) Um, what else? So the last week has also been just super emotional. I think I've cried probably every day. Um, We've had a bit going on with our oldest child. Um, I know that it's all part of the, you know, adjustment in having a sibling and, you know, my time sort of being split between the two kids. But, you know, he he just sort of wants to be with me 24-7 and... By with me, I mean like right next to me. <laughs> um, you know, if I'm holding Teddy on the couch, he'll sort of say, oh, I was going to sit there with you, mummy. <laughs> um, so I've sort of been trying to, you know, cater to both kids' needs, which with varying levels of success. Um, but the biggest problem we're having is him not wanting to go to kinder, not really wanting to go to his grandparents' house, which is something he would do every week before I had the baby um and the kin like it's it's not worrying me too much because I know it's just this period of time and this happened as well during um the COVID lockdowns like after we were when we were allowed sort of back out into the world he didn't want to go back into the world he wanted to stay with me um the kinder stuff though has been quite stressful because um well, we're having a meeting with the kinder tomorrow but you know, they have used the words that he's not coping, which sounds terrible. Um, in reality, I mean, I, I won't really know until the meeting tomorrow, but what that means is that, you know, he's just not really interacting much with the other kids and he doesn't really want to participate in the activities. And, you know, in the, on the morning, on kinder mornings, he says he doesn't, doesn't want to go because he's going to miss mummy and, I get it. Like, it's tough kind of going into this new space um, with people, kids, you know, that you don't know that well and, you know, being on your own essentially for a few hours when he is very attached to me and he's a very sensitive kid. Um, But, yeah, for me, hearing the words not coping just kind of sent me. (laughs) And I just thought, like, from what they're saying, there's some stuff that's been going on for a little while and I just wish that they could have told us, you know, a month ago before we had a new baby because <laughs> right now, like, the timing is just not great. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping that we can we can chat to the educator tomorrow and um, come up with some strategies for him so that he's not feeling so overwhelmed by it all. Um, but, you know, the thing is true, he's there one day a week for four or five hours and you know he's in the last two months there's been lots of colds and sickness and stuff so he's missed a lot of um the sessions so you know he's still very much getting used to it uh and you know I think the fact that he even walks through the gate of kinder is a miracle because you know 12 months ago when he was going to family daycare drop-off was a nightmare. Um, He'll happily walk into kinder now, you know, carrying his backpack and everything. But 12 months ago, it was tears and screaming and just, you know, horrible. 
so yeah I guess we'll we'll chat about it and see um see what's happening and hopefully we can make him a little bit more comfortable in the kinder environment um but yeah I I kind of felt like I was failing a bit because you know he's struggling um but I know that like lots of people go through this and I'm sure some of you listening have probably gone through something similar or have you know an older kid who's you know struggling a bit with the adjustment to having um, a baby in the house whether that's through you know big feelings meltdowns tantrums all of that kind of stuff um, and it all kind of accumulates too when you're sleep deprived if you know your toddler or your toddler or your older child is you know testing your patience or your boundaries I always find that my yeah my patience is a lot less at the moment <laughs> um, so I'm picking my battles but yeah, trying to get to, um, trying not to let things get to a hundred, which can be difficult, but yeah, I'm sure that we're all going through it. Hey, uh, so yeah, let me know on Instagram, message me if you've had something similar happening, because it's always nice to feel less alone in, in these big kind of challenges. Um, I think that's it for this week. I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but yeah, I think that's it for, for weeks three and four. And hopefully I'm back next week for week five. Um, thank you so much for listening and come find me on Instagram if you want to see a little bit more of what's going on. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please come over and say hi on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, my handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. That's where I'll be sharing podcast episode updates too. Hope to chat to you soon.